Welcome to another episode of Four Collectors. As you can see on the screen, there's only three of us. Uh, myself, John, the 3D80s kid, uh, Theo, Clemente Collector, and Caesar Papino Man. Hey guys, how we doing? I'm good, John. <laughs> how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Uh, we do have the unfortunate news to share that we have lost one of our original four collectors. James uh, decided that... Uh, Two channels was too much for him in his current state of life and decided to leave. And we are, you know, left on good terms. We are still planning on using him in collaborations in the future. But let's uh, hear from the man himself. He left us a going away message. Hey guys, this is James Elite Hunters. I am here to spread some news, it's bittersweet news, but uh, it has come time to say goodbye for me um, with four collectors. It is nothing negative or, you know, drama filled news. It's just, uh, it's come to a point where I just cannot keep up with two channels putting up content. Um, YouTube is something which I do for fun and i just can't put up as much i thought i could and i thought it was fun this channel with the you know the community and i love the concept i couldn't wait to join but ultimately it's come to a point where reality hit and i just cannot keep up with two channels so i have come to a point where i gracefully want to bow out because I think maybe another fourth YouTuber would help this channel grow in a way that, uh, you know, the other three members, Theo, John, and Caesar have envisioned. And um, I wish everyone luck when it comes to this channel. But I have a feeling you're going to enjoy watching content from this new fourth member. So I'm going to pass this over to John, Theo, and Caesar and let you guys introduce the new member. All right. Thanks, James. You will be missed. But uh, Theo, I think it might be time to introduce our new fourth member. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I love intros, intro music. So let's uh, let's give him some intro music before he comes in. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that was a big surprise. That was the big surprise. Coming in for the bullpen. Oh, that is all right. That, Welcome, yeah. Sammy Thunder, to Four Collectors. Well, hey guys, thanks so much. It's an honor to be here, and um, thank you for the awesome entry uh, entry music. That's probably what I should have been using when I was in high, pitching in high school baseball because I was a closer, and that's where the whole Sammy Thunder name came from. So. Very cool. Yeah, that well, awesome. Cool. And with that, uh, I think it's time to see our new channel intro then. Huh? Welcome to Four Collectors. All right. It. Now it's all official, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what's everybody think about? We're going with the 63 card. Uh, I wonder if everybody likes it. Uh, 
There's also there's also an alternative card, John. Did you have time to put it put it to, put it up? I not? have not finished that uh, putting that one together. That will have to be a later unveiling. So okay, well, we we want to give everybody everything at once. So that's good. Yeah, <laughs> yes, I think the sixty three card is great. It has a lot of you know. Obviously, the sixty three card has a lot is a lot more colorful, a lot more vibrant. So I think it kind of holds a different weight compared to some of the other ones. Yeah. So Sammy, why don't you um. You've been a guest, or not a guest, you've hosted a couple shows on our channel, the the, uh, the quiz show and things like that. But um, why don't you tell everybody uh, just a little bit about yourself and your channel? Yeah, absolutely. So hello, everybody. Um, my name is Sammy, also known as Sammy Thunder here on the uh, YouTube world. And um, if you aren't familiar with my channel, a lot of my a lot of my focus has shifted towards kind of a card show, card show and shop explorations, antique shops, antique malls, flea markets. I try to kind of give the um, first person experience of what it's like to be at the show, seeing what's available, and also connecting with dealers so that I'm able to connect the dealers to viewers that want to look for cards that they want to add to their collection. And additionally, every now and then, some of the other videos that I'll publish are SGC submissions, reveals, and uh, some. And sometimes, on occasion, I'll do the interviews with other YouTube um, content creators as well, and just kind of get in their get in their minds as far as what brought them into the hobby. But yeah, that's essentially what my channel is kind of geared towards. Awesome. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about because I thought it was so cool is you. You were dealing. You were a dealer for a long time, and it. I think it helped you buy some some bigger cards in your collection. Um, I saw recently you posted that you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna stop dealing for a while. Um, you know what what's the latest with that? Um, you just um, just too much for you right now, or what, what was your thought process? Yeah, I think that's it's funny how things kind of happen and things how things formulate. Um, the whole hobby burnout, I think, is is becoming a. A widespread thing and I think everybody's catching that bug right now so for me personally I just needed to step away um, you know I wanted to kind of have some of those weekends to do other things outside of the hobby I mean it's there's a big difference between going to a show as somebody who just wants to go around and check out the tables versus all the prep work and all the legwork that goes into setting up I mean waking up at the crack of dawn and having to load the cases in and just having to go to the shows it just there it's it, it becomes exhausting over time and um i'm sure at some point i'll want to get back into it but for now i think this is probably the best move gotcha um why don't we what you know the hot topic in the community right now is hobby burnout i'm sure everybody's seen numerous videos i uh I, mike has cracked me up so bad he he makes a video about hobby burnout, and then I've seen him on about six or seven videos since. Um, I, I love the guy; it's just been it's been hilarious. But um, I, I'd love to just uh, Pepino Man's been around the longest as far as continuously collecting. Um, have you ever have you ever reached a point of hobby burnout, Pepino Man, um, or what what did that look like for you? No, I've never had a hobby burnout as far as the uh, hobby as collecting goes. But on social media, I've had like, that's why I kind of, a lot of times I think a lot of people get it confused with social media burnout about the hobby. Because, I mean, I, we've, I've seen that before. I've seen it through stages when 
baseball collector first started the baseball the YouTube Hall of Fame. A lot of people had burnout. A lot of people stopped making contents because there were so many people bickering. And yeah. Yeah. but I call it like it's more like content burnout. But yeah. as ho- far as hobby burnout, I've never had it. I've had content burnout where I kind of just wasn't in the mood to make videos. Like sometimes I want to make videos, but my feelings weren't in it, so I wouldn't make them. But I actually didn't stop collecting. I just kind of stopped making content. But as far as like stop collecting, I've I've never really felt that. Like yeah, I hear um Sammy saying he he kind of stopping the dealing part, right? But yeah, I don't think it's uh, but yeah, I've never really felt like hobby hobby uh card collecting burnout. Okay, that makes that makes perfect sense to me. Um, yeah, I think I think sometimes yeah, when somebody makes a hobby burnout video, it's like you said, it, it's are you burnout from making content? Or you burn out from collecting cards because, like you said, it feels like it's definitely can be two different things. You know what I mean? Because the person watching the video, we never hear their voice really. You know what I mean? It's content creators that are saying their opinion. So me and John have been on for about the same amount of time. So I I, I don't know how this would really apply much to us, John. But I guess um, what's your opinions on the on the topic? Have you ever experienced hobby burnout or content creator burnout? I guess. Uh, not to this point. I mean, I, yeah. you know, I've always just kind of done my videos when I, when I want to make them, which, yeah. you know, both of us are new enough that, you know, there's so many things we both probably have on a list. I, I know I do I have a list of like unmade videos still that, you know, I just haven't had time to make. So, yeah. uh, I, uh, you know, have an experience to this point. I don't ever want to push to where I feel like this is a job. I would never want to be somebody who cranks something out daily. Uh, Well, obviously I can't because I'm not one of those just press record and then upload (laughs) folks. That's just not my style, but yeah. uh, So, yeah. Sam, you've been around uh, longer than me and John. Have you? Other than the the recent with the car dealing, have you had some experiences? In terms of the what the burnout, either, either yeah, either burnout from making too much content or burning out from collecting, where you no. stop collecting for a while. No, not really. I mean, I've definitely found that I'm not buying as much. Um, I've been, I've always been kind of a stickler about what I want in my collection and. So there was a time where I was buying up a lot of stuff and just compiling stuff. And you know, there's a lot of people that are very just pragmatic about their approach when it comes to buying. So they're not constantly buying up every little thing and compiling stuff there. It was a recent conversation I had with um, Al from Iconic Baseball and how he collects. And he's just very, just has a very fine line of what he wants. That being said, uh, you know, there's there are times where I'm like today, for example, I go up to I went up to a show and I went to a table and I saw that there were cards. There's like a 71 uh, tops maze that was going for like 25, 30 bucks. And it was in pro, you know excellent to near mint condition. I mean, you got mm-hmm. it's one of those it's one of those opportunities. It's like, OK, you know, got to take that opportunity when it's there. But yeah. other than that, um purchasing has been very sparse here and there so uh like i'm working out something right now with um orlando 
with uh, with something that he has from his collection. So, uh, but very we're very patient, very just slowly working. Nice. Yeah, let's let's actually transition to that. Um, you know, since the national, let's just say post national, even though even though two of you guys weren't at the national, let's just say the time period that it happened after the national, whenever the market started to slowly go downwards. Um, I'd love to hear what what collecting's been like for you guys, what your strategy's been. I'll actually kind of go first here. You know, post national, I actually went my budget was humongous at the national compared to what I spend on a yearly basis. Um, so I really slowed down after the national because like I said, I spent a lot more money than what I typically spend in a year. So, so I, I really held back, but I kept looking, I kept, I kept an eye out on certain safe searches because I didn't want to, I didn't want something to go for a low, low number that I needed for my Clemente collection. So I've, I've always kept an eye out, but I've been very conservative. And um, I just made a recent pickup video with what I've got. And it's literally like I've had six pickups in the three month period, which is which is pretty low for me um, compared to prior to the national. So so I've been I've been a lot more conservative lately. And, and also, obviously, the economy, you know, I have two kids, gas prices, <laughs> everything that goes with it. I, I got to be careful. Um, now Christmas is coming up. So. Um, you know, I have to be super careful. And then before you know it, I feel like Strongsville is going to get here. I'm, I want to go to the Pittsburgh card show. So I don't want to miss any great deals. Like I, like I, I'm going to show a card later on that I, they got it for a great deal, but I got to be careful. Um, one of my strategies is my birthday and Christmas is coming up. So trying to get some eBay gift cards so I can get some, some pickups from Christmas and my birthday. So, um, Pepino, man, how how have you been buying? Um, I guess since the summer happened, um, you don't you're not an eBay buyer, so I'm very curious to hear <laughs> what you've been up to. Yeah, I, I only buy cards in person. I I don't shop online. <clears throat> so basically, my budget is more or less still the same, but a buck doesn't go as far as it used to. Basically, is all it is. Yeah. So say. Uh, say three years ago before the pandemic, you know, blasters are 20 bucks. They sit on the shelf for a couple months and then they're on clearance for 12 bucks, 13 bucks. You don't really see that anymore. Now blasters are like $35. So <clears throat> say before, if I had 40 bucks, I could buy two blasters. I have 40 bucks. I could get a blaster and that's about it. That's yeah. um, totally the change. So before, uh, so, like, say with my set completions, I try to complete all the sets by hand through packs only. I don't, you know, I don't buy, I try not to buy singles until the very, very end when I'm down to, like, the last 20 cards. I could, before, with the same amount of money, basically, I could put together the base set, then collect the update, then collect the chrome, then collect. Now, I can't. I can't go after the chrome anymore. I can't go after, you know, the heritage, the archive. I could basically complete my base set with the same amount of money that I used to complete all those other sets with. So wow. the budget is the same, but the quantity that I can get has gone way down. You so, know what I mean? so, I mean, I know you knew you go to like Frank and sons to get vintage cards, get, get singles. So, yeah. um, so like, um, are you still going there? And um, also when you, when you do go there, um, 
what's the inventory look like? Is it about the same as it looked before? Is there less vintage there? Is there more vintage? What it- there's there's a lot less vintage and there's a lot less um dealers as before. Because what happened during the pandemic, uh Frankenstein's got closed down for like almost a year. So to hold your table, you had to keep paying your rent every month, even though wow. it was closed. Wow. So a lot of the modern dealers, I think they kept their tables because they were they were do it online. And the vintage dealers that were older and didn't really sell online kind of went by the wayside. Oh. Yeah, that's bad for you because that's like your prime spot where you were getting your vintage cards. <laughs> yeah, but um kind of luckily, let's say a lot of the card shops, like I'm in a, I think I'm in a different world as far as card collecting goes. Like it's easy for me not to shop online. Because say before, like I uh, say before, where I would put on baseball card shops near me, you know, fifty mile yeah. radius, I'll get like twenty of them. There's like twenty card shops in a twenty mile radius that I could go to. Wow! But for the most part, a lot of them were modern. Yeah. And since after the pandemic, a lot of them, a lot of people started selling uh, their collections to them. So now a lot of them have vintage. So mm. it's kind of gave me another option now. Like I have been buying a lot of vintage from card shops now when before they, they really didn't have that big of a choice. Yeah. I was watching um, a chasing cardboard episode where he went to like, I want to say 10 card shops in one day and it was in the Kansas city area. And that was the biggest thing that stood out to me is how many card shops were Pokemon and modern cards. Like, like the vintage was maybe, I don't know, like three out of the 10 shops, like, like legit, like vintage, you know, not just a couple cards. So yeah, I, I would say you got to do your research. Like you said, you you just walk into a shop, you might waste your time. So, but that uh. that's kind of that's kind of a, a cool thing. I remember, uh, I was looking for a a card, and my card shop, the card shop. When I first moved right here to my new house, and I think this is already like five years ago, but when I first moved to this house, I went to the card shop, and they had a a Ken Griffey Jr. autograph that I really wanted, but I had to wait till my next paycheck to get it. And then out of curiosity, while I was working a game at Dodger Stadium uh, and I got my check, I I looked up the, the card shop to see their hours. I said, ah, hopefully I can make it tomorrow after work. I looked up their hours. They were open till 2 a.m. in the morning wow. because they have Pokemon and Magic tournaments till like 2 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> yeah. So, I got out of Dodger Stadium at 11.30. I was able to go straight there, and I got there like at 12.30 at night and bought the card I wanted. That's pretty cool. Um, so uh, let's go to John real quick. So, John, um, since since the National, how 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 have you been collecting? Uh, as far as baseball, I haven't. So it was kind of watching what people were doing at the national. I came up with the form, the idea that I wanted to save my budget and buy something really big next year. Uh, when I go to my first national and, uh, I've set it up where my standard budget ends up, uh, depositing into a savings account, uh, automatically for me. And I plan is to uh, purchase a Babe Ruth card. So, Ooh, no. um, that's a I big boy uh, card. <laughs> yeah, and and I, I've never really liked the Sonella. I'm not big on having the oversized slabs. 
So I'm actually going for a 1920 W519 strip card that is a close in shot of his head with a nice blue background. Uh, the the unnumbered variety would be the more uh, plentiful, uh, cheaper version, which when I say cheaper, I'm expecting it to be somewhere in the vicinity of 22 to 2500 or so that I'll end up spending for this. So, wow. I thought uh, maybe you might put in a bid for that new Babe Ruth rookie card that was uh, being put into SGC. I'm sure you've heard about that. Yeah, that's that's just, just <laughs> slightly out of my price range there. So just, a, just by a by a few digits. So. You know, John John loves rookie cards. <laughs> yeah, maybe absolutely. we can all maybe we can all budget together and we could share the card. You know, three months out of the year, we just rotate it. Oh that, yeah. yeah, I think uh, most of the community would have to pitch in together to, to, to buy something like that, other than a. A yeah. few people. Uh, you might so. you might have to open up an OnlyFans. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I don't think that's gonna work for me. So, yeah. but I'm sorry, I didn't mean to disrupt. Yeah. But the uh, the strip card is what you're after, though. You said the blue one. Yeah, the one with the the blue background, where it's yeah. kind of a close up shot with a smiling face. Uh, but um, it's a solid one. John, yeah, I, I really like that one, and I, I I'm talking authentic because uh, anything with a number grade goes for more than that. So, uh, and uh, you know, half of them or more that exist are authentic anyway. So, because yeah. uh, most of them end up being min size, but um, so uh, it's been uh, different this year because uh, I I've still kept to the same. Well, backtrack on the uh, the topic of uh, card stores around me. This is a Portland Blazer town, and uh, the <coughs> shops are mostly modern basketball. If there is a vintage case of uh, baseball cards, there might be one, maybe two in the store, and it's just like typically 50s, 60s, 70s tops cards. So, and real quick, um, so, sorry to butt in. That's yeah. one thing. I got to add about uh, the baseball card shops. They're all, they, for the most part, they deal with modern cards and they love modern cards. And when they get these collections of vintage that they buy, they normally sell them cheap. I could like, uh, because they don't care about them as much. They don't care too much about Mickey Mantle or Willie Mays. You know, they're, they're, they're more on board with Julio Rodriguez or, you know what I mean? Uh, Oh, now they're going to care. All the modern guys. So the last couple of Mickey Mantle cards that I bought, I bought them on the cheap because they, they buy them in collections for cheap. You know, they buy the entire collections that people are coming in and selling them. Well, so the that's Pino man, you're giving away the secrets. Well, see, that's why I say, like, a lot of times when people talk about uh, eBay prices and they talk about some cards, I said, like, my the card shops are cheaper than eBay by far, as far as I can see personally. But that that might not be the case everywhere. Yeah, I haven't had that experience with what is actually in the cases at my shops at all. So, I, I have um I I do have a small story, Pepino Man. I was at the Pittsburgh card show, and a, a, a modern dealer like had like boxes everywhere, and it was the first day, and I'm like I'm like it looks like you're just modern, correct? And he goes, 
Well, I just bought I just bought a box of vintage from somebody. I haven't even gone through it yet. I don't know anything about vintage. My 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 brain. That's I'm like, amazing. Oh. I'm, right. I'm like I'm like this could be awesome. And then I get over there and it's like all like higher seventies cards. Like I, I did find six cards and and he gave them to me for a dollar each, but nothing like. But that that's the situation. Like you said, you would only see at a shop or a show. You know, you can't go on eBay and go. Oh, let me find a modern guy who just bought a collection. It doesn't, there's no such thing. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like you said, you kind of have to get out there to, to get in these situations where you can actually get these great deals. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And so, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm stuck to mostly eBay, is what I've historically done. And so now this year, when I'm not actually buying, I am still doing the same thing I was as far as putting cards in my watch list that I would be interested in just so I can see what they end up selling for and not be completely out of, you know, what the state of the market is by the time I am possibly buying again. So I kind of still have the same routines of checking through watch lists and adding cards and stuff, but just, I just don't put winning bids on them. So yeah, you know, I, I get. I guess that, that's one thing I was going to ask you about because I know I know Satchel Page is high on your list. Um, I don't know if it's the second. I, I don't know if that's the next target for you or Jack. I know Jackie Robinson also. You you ever like like you said? Do you ever get concerned that what if a Satchel Page sold for I don't know seventy five percent of what it normally sells for and it's an authentic and like like do you worry about that at all? But you just kind of hell bent on the 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 Babe Ruth right now. Uh, there's only so much I am willing to track and I don't want to divert from this current mission because okay. <laughs> that would hit, uh, pull too much budget for yeah. like a 53 tops satchel right? for what I want to accomplish. So, <laughs> I mean, I kind of view about... that one as it's a really plentiful card compared to what I'm even going for, you know, because I'm saying this is you know, a more plentiful Ruth, but that means there's like 40 something of them that are authentics. Well, that's, so. that's kind of, I'm going to let Pepino man go in a second, but that's kind of my concern for you, John is, is you go to the national with a big bankroll and the card just isn't there. And that's my concern for you. I, I know you'd be fine being patient. I'm just, yeah. I'm just playing devil's advocate here of the national is the biggest show, but it doesn't necessarily mean that a card that has 40 pop count is going to, be for sale you know what i mean um but Pepino, yeah. man, what was what was your point well it wasn't so much a point but i was gonna tell you a, a story you know because prices have jumped dramatically if um just say from um i think this is going back seven years five years but the equipment manager at dodger stadium over there by the dodgers clubhouse he had his baseball cards in a, in a case, right? He had all the Babe Ruth cards. He had like a magnificent, I'm talking about magnificent, all PSA graded, all the Ruth cards, like Willie Mays and all this. And visiting players, Jake Arrieta, Verlander, there's a, a Royal, uh, that one guy with the long hair that was on the Padres, I forgot, he's on the Phillies now or something. That guy with the long hair, he, used to, he does YouTube videos. All these guys started buying all the cards from him. This is like five years ago before the pandemic. And he Mm. sold all of them. And back then, say they were $5,000 cards, which to me was like, wow, that's a lot. 
man, mm-hmm. those cards have like quadruple, ten times full what they what they used to be worth. I always wonder if he knows that, like, because he said, <laughs> oh, I don't I don't collect baseball cards anymore, you know, and he sold them all. But all the major league baseball players bought all his cards, like in that's, one year. That's pretty cool. That's crazy though. I uh, yeah, go ahead, Sammy. Sorry, I just wanted to mention. Uh to kind of go back to what you were saying, John, is that sometimes there's like certain cards that you're looking for at the national and the, your best resource is the community itself. And sometimes you can find someone in the community that, you know, I mean, you may, obviously don't know personally it's so well, but you know, through communication, through, um, you know, just from being in the community. So to kind of give you an example of like the 53 satchel, instead of buying it at the national where you're probably going to pay a hiked up price, you buy it, you pay for it, you buy it from somebody that's maybe willing to move it. Um, so like, for example, I have a 53 satchel that I'm thinking that I'm probably going to end up moving at some point. And what better resource than to buy it directly through another content creator than instead of doing it through uh, a dealer. Sure. Yeah, I think, I think it's an interesting, it's definitely an interesting point. Like, Anytime, anytime you're ready to pull the trigger and you have a big budget, um, we, we, we're already on YouTube, you know, let everybody know, let it, let the text groups know. Um, you know, I, I know Matt's on net 50, net 54, things like that. There's different, there's different channels that I know I'm not, I'm not plugged into Twitter. Like, I don't know any of the card guys on there, but I know some guys who are, you know what I mean? So it's a, it's a great point of, of, you you know, to, it's not always, uh, it's sometimes who you know, not, you know. Yeah, like say, say B. Roth 6, like he's a great source because he goes out there hunting collections yeah. and he'll buy like collections for dirt cheap so he, he has, you know, so he can sell individual cards a lot cheaper than you'll find them at shows where they got to pay for a table and they got to pay for the space and the time and everything. Well, that's why I bought the, I, it's funny, I bought the satchel from him um the 53 satchel and so at the time i'm like oh i'll add it to the collection but now it's now i'm you know just probably like a lot of other people just trying to streamline what my collection what i want it to be and i'm not the world's biggest satchel collector and so i figured you know somebody's looking for it at the very least i would just want to get back what i paid for it because you know yeah it's kind of a story though right like it's kind of one of those things where you want to buy your dream card at the dream show. You know what I mean? It kind of goes together. That, no, but that's it doesn't a good have point. to be that way. No, no, no. But I think you could do both. I think, you know, if you, you know, you just, I think everybody strategizes when they go to the nat, when they plan on going to the national. And so like, for example, like John, I'm hoping I'm using your example here, but going for the Babe Ruth strip card. Yeah. That's going to be, you're going to be more likely to, to find that through a dealer rather than through a content creator. Probably only because the content creator may not, if they have one, they probably don't want to move it. Um, but like a more common card uh, that you could probably find more regularly, uh, you know, you can kind of do both where you find the rare card through a dealer and then you find the common card. When I say common, I mean a more um, regularly available star yeah. card. Um, you would find that through maybe, okay, well, I'll spend this much with the dealer and I'll spend, I'll try to, see if I can work out a better deal instead of paying 500 for a satchel, I'll pay 300 or 350 or whatever. If it's like a poor condition one, for example. So 
Yeah, that's that. That's yeah. But you're right, though. You know, that's um, yeah. There, you, there is something about being at the national and buying your dream card. That's definitely, definitely true. Yeah, I, I see. M- my big thing going into the national was I want to get all these Clemente cards already graded SGC. Like, like I, I, I know they're going to be there. It's a national, and then I go table to table. Oh, this one's raw. This one's PSA. This one's raw. And then I kind of got to the point where I kind of saw what was out there. And I'm like, all right, I need to be flexible here. I, I bought three different Clemente things that were raw that I normally normally would think, just buy these graded already. You know, don't take any risks. And I was willing to look at raw prices. And, you know, as long as the comp made sense, because SGC was on site and I subbed them immediately. But, but yeah, it's it, you, you kind of have this assumption, oh, this card's going to be there already graded exactly how I wanted it. It's, you know what I mean? It's just, you know, some of these oddball cards, you know, it's, it's not the case. So. Yeah. That's what you're, yeah. That's what you're after. You're, you're going to have to expand your, uh, your horizons a little bit because, but the good thing is like for you, I know for you, you have your set group of dealers that you pinpoint to like Howard or Stan or, um, I forgot there was another. There was a third guy that's that a lot of the content creators kind of gravitate to, but because yeah. those are the guys that have that stuff that you're looking for. So it's, but yeah, yeah. Um, I want what I wanted to bring up is um, Sammy. You kind of pivoted to to Christy Christy Matheson. I wanted to I wanted to hear a little bit about that. Um, you know what made you what made you pivot to kind of being a player collector for him and. And I don't know if you have them within your arm's length. Maybe show some of the stuff you bought. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's pretty sweet. Yeah. So, yeah, Christy Matthewson, obviously, you know, uh, one of the original members, original uh, members of the Hall of Fame that got um, pretty much went in first. Uh, that being said, the Christy Matthewson, I've always been like a New York Giants collector. Uh, my grandfather watched them at the polo grounds and I want to say my great grandfather got the, got a chance to see Matthewson when he was a kid uh, at the polo grounds, wow. uh, despite living in Brooklyn. So um, anyway, uh, I love the stories behind Matthewson. Um, uh, he was a, it was a pitcher that had a lot of integrity and he was, um, you just, you know, straight shooter when it came to his playing style and his personality. And so, yeah, just the stories surrounding him and also just, yeah. So like the most recent pickup of mine, that was, was the uh, Venezuelan. See if I can get this showing better. Yeah. The Venezuelan uh, Matthewson here. That's part of that complete set. And what makes this one really special. Can we see the back? Yeah, the back. That's the key thing is that the backs were oh, or generally suffered a lot of paper loss. And this one yeah. amazingly did not suffer. It suffered staining, but that's normal. And so, yeah, I picked this one up um, off of a uh, Facebook. One of the does, it does it say retirado on the bottom? Yeah, it does. Yep. That's cool. <laughs> so it, you know, that's uh, it's. The reason why, uh, and I was very much inspired by what everybody was doing at the national. And Theo, you're definitely you're in you're in this as well. Is you know I was going around picking up a lot of the traditional stuff, which, for the record, is not a I don't 
hold any grudges against anybody that does that. I mean, I still do it. Uh, and, you know, finding a lot of the commons like the uh, 55 Clemente, I picked one up there and the 52 Mays, I picked one up. And But I was inspired by what everyone else is doing, which is picking up a lot of rare oddball stuff. And I thought that's really unique because there's only so much of that stuff that's out there. And I think a lot of the general population of collectors probably or largely ignore that stuff and really just want to yeah. get their hands on the 55 Clemente, 55 Kofax. And again, that's not to say it's the, you know, it's not wrong to go that route. Right. Um, it's a personal preference, but I was definitely very much inspired by some of the uh, unique stuff that people were picking up like, the 64 stand up tops Clemente. I think you picked one up there. Theo. Yeah. Yeah. yeah me yeah. And bought one. And it's a beautiful looking card. I mean, the yellow and the green and the, the, the way that I, to have something like that is just really, really cool. And, you know, again, is not, I remember going to one of the bigger regional shows in New York and it was only Stan was the only one that had the 50, uh, the 64 stand up maze. And I picked one up off him. So, I, I love that card. I, I yeah. thought it was great. You got it on SGC now, and I um, I I, I kind of I'm kind of in the in the camp that the oddball stuff's actually cheaper than it should be. Um, you know, most people would be like, yeah. "Oh, that three hundred dollars, and and it's a it's a Jello card." Like, well, well, there's only you know, whatever forty of these, <laughs> so so yeah. it actually should be like a thousand dollars. Like, I'm actually in the camp that that this stuff's actually lower than it should be right now. But I do understand uh, the uh, I don't know if the right words audience or the collector base needs to build up to to it being in more demand. So it is what it is. But, um, you know, I, I made a video just recently where this is a this is a top Venezuelan. Um, so this is the only Pirates team card with Clemente on it. And um, and you, I, I had one other Venezuelan card and uh, now I have this one. And and this is one of those things, like I said, is. I have a save search for Clemente Venezuelan and uh, this ended up going at auction for, for $50 and uh, the comps on it is over $200. Wow. So yeah, I mean, I mean, like, ignored. yeah, I mean, if, if I had the mindset of, you know, it's going to go for 200, I'm not even going to bid. Like I, you know what I mean? I would have never got it. So yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about it. Just like you said, the back, the backs are one thing you have to look at because they were in scrapbooks, so yeah. it's pretty rare that they don't have paper loss. So, yeah. Uh, Pepino, man, do you have any Vennies in your collection or, or a PG? No, I don't have any Venezuela cards. I'll tell you one card I do have that I do love that's not like a common card is uh, this Mickey Mantle that I've had since I was a kid that you find in the, the price guides. The price guides used to come with um, cards. So uh -huh. this is a Mac, uh, Mickey in the 69 design which this was never actually a card, but I, you know, I was a kid when I got this and I've had this in this case on um, my, I used to have it in, um, what's it called? Uh, my headboard of my bed. And then when me and my, my wife got an apartment, this was in my living room. So like this had, I've literally been displaying it since I got it. You know what I mean? And wow. was that, was that, was that Beckett or you're not sure which I think it was price guide. Uh, it's guide. just called price guide. Does, Wait, does, uh, do the grading companies grade those? I have no idea. Whatsoever. <laughs> what year, what year is that from? Like price guide? I don't even know because 
the back of it has my uh, my Willie McGee <laughs> uh, rookie card that I've had in the back oh, since then. Are you serious? So, I don't want to open it up and look. <laughs> what? I, I kind of oh like the, I kind of like the fact that this has been in this case since you know since the first day I put it in and I've had it on display. I mean, wow. the fact that my wife let me have it in the living room like forever was just great. That is that is that's a cool. <laughs> That that's 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 way better than the the picture they use. I feel like for the sixty. Oh yeah, times. yeah. He was at the end of his career. Yeah, that's well, that's he, cool. literally. Wow, I can't believe. It. Is that a screw down or is that magnetic? It, it it's a screw down, but it's plastic screws. Okay, <laughs> interesting. But you know, it had that 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 piece of cardboard is the thickness of these two cards, so it's not oh. getting um. Squeezed. Yeah, toxic damage. Yeah. So, so John, I. I don't think you have any Opeaches or Venezuelan. So, what what turns you on as far as the non traditional type of cards? What do you What do you like? Uh, as far as non traditional, the only thing I could say there would be uh, what I've been doing with uh, uh, non sport uh, vintage. But yeah, uh, I mean, you probably feel similar. You probably find some cards that like are low pop, and you're like, why is this? rookie card of this president so low or whatever yeah the the most expensive of my uh world war ii rookies was that that fdr u.s caramel card there but uh, mm. and uh, and how how um how readily available are those not highly i think this one is population wise somewhere around 60 something at least graded I imagine the people that have this, a lot of cases are, you know, ungraded that are doing non-sport. It's yeah, much less of a thing for people to grade them, but uh, the, uh, the back's nice. Wow. Yeah. This one uh, is written out to where it was just when he was first elected president. Uh, they say on the, the slab 1932, but it has to be 33 because it talks about his inauguration, yeah. in, which is 33. So in January. Nice. So uh, I, I like but, the, uh, I like the red. It kind of reminds me of a Cracker Jack card a little bit. Yeah, I know. Uh, was it Doug? Don't talk to robots had that red October, but I had this one out for grading when he uh, was doing uh -huh. that. So I uh, missed out on showing that one. But uh, makes me wonder if any of those are autographed, if, like if FDR ever signed any wow, one of those. Oh, yeah. Good point. Yeah, I haven't seen any of the, the president cards uh, autographed, uh, at least on eBay. I wonder how easily approachable the presidents are to get an autograph from him, you know, with the card. It seems like a tough call. I don't imagine they do uh, TTM. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's impressive. Yeah, we we better uh, we better wrap up here. We're we're already at forty three minutes, but um, man, it's it's really cool. We got Sammy on board. It's really cool that that he was already making content on the channel. Um, the cool part about Sammy is when we made the channel, he actually reached out to us immediately and said he wanted to be a part of it. However, he could be a part of it. And that's um, where we came up with putting him on some, some lives for the quiz show. So, um, you know, that's, that's really cool. And, and um, you know, I'm going to repeat something that we've said a lot. Of, this channel is for collectors and to bring some light to some collectors uh, channels that maybe aren't getting the light that they deserve. So, um, you know, if you, if you want to be like Sammy, where, 
you reach out to one of us and you want to be on a live stream or you want to you want to make some type of content for the channel you know we're 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 open we're open to listen so um you know i think the only way this channel is going to grow bigger is if if us four aren't the only ones making the content so um and the other thing is we would love in the comments you know i think it's i think we're about to hit 3 months um, the channel's been on for about three months. I'd love to hear what what shows you guys really like. Uh, maybe what shows you guys uh, maybe give us some feedback. I mean, I you know I could take it. Um, I'd love to hear the the stuff you guys love to watch, so we could maybe make more of that. Um, but um, it's been fun so yeah. far. I I really appreciate everybody's hard work so far. And uh, circling again on anybody that wants to contact us, if you don't have our pre existing contact information. We do have an email address that I monitor at fourcollectors at yahoo.com, and that is spelled out F O U R C O L L E C T O R S at yahoo.com. So feel free to reach out. Exactly. Um, well, I think, uh, I think we can wrap up here. Um, why don't we, uh, since, since we have the new intro, why don't we just, uh, why don't we do an outro with it and then we can end the stream. <laughs> I want to see that card again. Uh, thanks That's everybody. Good for me. All thanks. Right. Thanks Steve everybody. For Kowski, rookie. <laughs> <laughs> thanks everybody. And uh, welcome Sammy, your first official video on as a channel member. <laughs> Thank you very much guys. <laughs> All right, here we go. Welcome to four collectors. Thank you.